everybody, this is Daryl Parker with Music Festival Playbook. I'm also the founder of the Oxford Blues Festival in Oxford, Mississippi. Now, it wasn't that long ago that I got my start in the world of festivals. I did a lot of things right, but I sure did a lot of things wrong too. And guess what? They were costly. They cost me money. That's why each episode of Music Festival Playbook, I interview other festival professionals to help bring the best practices to you so that you don't make the mistakes that I made in my festival journey. Why don't you join me with Music Festival Playbook? This is Daryl Parker with Music Festival Playbook. I'm super excited to have Mr. Jimmy Duck Holmes with us today. Mr. Jimmy Duck Holmes is a blues man and he also runs a blues festival called the Bentonia Blues Festival. Mr. Jimmy Duck, how are you doing today? Just fine, fine, up and about, able to put one feet apart the other one. Mr. Jimmy Duck, I mean, you're a bluesman. I mean, you run the Blue Front Cafe and you run a blues festival. Man, I'm, I'm just in awe of what you do. But first, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I was born in 1947. Parents were just small farmers, and they started the Blue Front Cafe back in 1948. And my mom basically took care of the Blue Front, and my dad and the rest of my siblings worked the field until on weekends. Like I say, when I knew myself, I was bouncing around the Blue Front, okay. and been doing it, been doing it ever since. Now you mentioned your mom, and tell me a little bit about your parents and growing up. My mom had a little education. My, my dad dropped out of school in the third grade and then go back. My dad came from a big family. It sounds strange, but at third, third grade, he was, a, he was a big help to his mom around the house. And I can kind of testify to that because I was working in fields driving a old John Nip track at nine years old on a day's work. Couldn't see over the storm wheel. I had to look around the storm wheel, but I was there, and I got the job done at nine years old. Now, my understanding is your mother uh, and your your parents pretty much started the Blue Front Cafe, nineteen forty-eight. Okay, and do you know what inspired them to start the cafe? You know, from what my mom told me, she always wanted to be in the business selling something, whether it was vegetables out of a garden. But she always wanted to be in, you know, selling something. And when this came available. And they have a pretty good crop there, yes, and what she said. And and my dad had his mind. He loved automobiles. He wanted to buy a new car. She told me, you buy your new car, but you get in my car, and I'm going to open up the cafe. That's what she told me. He bought his car, and bless him, bless the heart. You want to do fine cafe, move far from now. Okay. Now, look, it's hard enough to run a business. On top of that, then your mother turns around and starts a music festival. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, I would do a little, little stuff off and on, and we used to play what they call cotton patch baseball and stuff like that. And I, in other words, I always wanted to generate something for the company, not expecting nothing big. And she said she believed I took that from my dad because I can't remember. She said my dad would always do what he called community barbecue and host ball games and Hope with host crap shooting events in the backyard, like shooting crap. And all this pot would be around shooting crap. We have a, a pit barbecue going. And, and she said she wanted to get away from that. And because she said she had 
a girl was growing up and the guy about to drink and moonshine and curse and she was looking out for the security of her daughter and so she told my dad, well, they gotta go. They gotta go. So they kind of slimmed it down to just picnicking and stuff like that. No no gambling. And she started on this when started this in nineteen seventy three. She said, I had to get that from the blood of my daddy because you know you don't inherit stuff like that. But she said, for some reason, they got it into my genes. And I've been doing it ever since 1972. Okay. So it sounds like your mother wanted something to turn over to you, you know, to pass on to the future generations there. And uh, so you eventually took over the, the, the festival side as well? Well, she and I started together. And after a year or so, just pretty much, she would always support me, and I was for the physical part of. It, I did that first one in 1972. She was hand in hand with me, but after that, she backed off of course, getting it organized and stuff like that. She backed off of that part. And the very first show I had, I just had it with a DJ, one guy doing off the cover. And it wasn't until 1973 or 74 that I started having live music. Okay, all right. What was that first? Uh festival life though. Do you remember that you put together? Yeah. Oh, uh, I gave away everything. Here and cool. Nobody paid nobody paid for nothing. I mean it would be well if the blue fund sponsored it. The blue fund absolutely took picked up the tab. The beer was I came my way to the blue fund cafe and sorted the food. Every okay. every grain of food, every drop of beer was absolutely free. We would have beer by the two and a roster. It didn't cost nothing. But then after I started expanding the entertainment part of it, then I had to start retailing because the entertainment had to get paid. But the, the people that were coming, the nearby communities, they had no problem buying beer or whatever, pick a little donation on the gate. I don't know. They didn't have a problem with that. Okay. So when you were giving everything away for free, people were making donations? They were doing love offerings? They just, they just give me something to help them. Take this boy, don't, don't quit, don't stop. Take this five dollar, dollar, two dollar, fifty cents. Take this boy, don't quit. Do it next year, and it grew from there. Not, not it's known worldwide as it's on blue, blue stuff, and they said it's the longest running blue stuff in the state of Mississippi. Not the longest running festival, not the longest running blue stuff. This year is coming up to the fiftieth anniversary, and the state is on board. They're gonna do a lot of stuff. Post office. Is the longest running blue stuff in the state of Mississippi. Oh, that's quite an accomplishment. My hat off to you mm-hmm. and your family for doing such a uh, a great service to the people of Mississippi and the world for yep. doing what you do. Thank you. Yep. Now, who who do you have coming to this festival this year? Well, I got they got a pretty good lineup. You know, I hadn't even looked at. I know they said they got the lineup already set and they just hadn't posted yet. But it's, it's really not a festival activity will start. It's going to be the week of the 16th. It will start that Monday and run through that week before Father's Day. It'll be musical around the blue front every day for a solid week. It's supposed to Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, the main three days. And it'll be stuff starting that Monday. Okay, now, what, what, now what's the date? What's on the date? It's June. It's the week coming up to Father's Day. Father's Day is always the third Sunday in June. And the main two day, main three day will be that Saturday before Father's Day, that Friday, and that Thursday. Because, like I said, music wise, there'll be stuff going on the whole week. Yes, sir. Well, let me ask you when you, I mean, being a bluesman, let me, let me switch to the 
kind of stay with the festival side. What are some of your challenges in running this festival? Yeah, what are some of my challenges? You already got got obstacles, holes, and rocks you got to deal around or step over. But I never had really a problem that making it scratch my head or that type of stuff. Never had that happen. That's not a me. It's not a challenge. Getting your entertainers lined up in time. It's not a challenge. Now with with the list of blues artists getting real, real scared, you have to get on top of them real early before they get booked somewhere. Because it's not a, it's, you got a lot of musicians, but it's not a lot of blues musicians. You got a real, real serious pop to pick from. Uh, you, you always have plenty of music, but saying what is geared towards blue, and it's hard to find, especially old school blues guys, that they'll put them in stone. Okay. So, so starting your festival, would you like to start with getting a good lineup, getting your talent first? And then, right. Uh, what would be the next step when you're, you know, well, planning your first thing I always do, get, first thing I always do, I get my date pinned down, which is always the third week in June. Then I reach out to see if, if, uh, if a particular blues artist would be interested in being a part of the big tiny blues stuff, and I roll from there. And now it's not, it's going to be all blues, but it's, it's rooted in the blues. All right. Now, I run the Oxford Blues Festival, and, and I enjoy it. There's a lot that goes into putting together a festival from, you know. Like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I get I get choices, especially from the young people. Wonder why I don't get hip hop bands, you know, R and B and rap boy doing that. That's where your problem comes in, and I don't know why. It's something about the hip hop and the rap. It's the spot that they spot. And I have out of forty nine years I've been doing it, might have this time. Out of forty nine years that I've been doing it, I've never had an incident where you got to wonder what's going on. People are running, do like that. It might have this year, but I have never had that to happen. And a, a lot of it because people really respect me based on the stuff they sell. And they try to help me keep it going smooth. Well, you do a great job. Would you have any advice for anybody that's thinking about starting their own festival? Yeah, I, 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 I've had a lot of people try to start them and based on, see, they think mine just happened overnight. It takes time. I mean, not the time it takes years before you, in order for you to build it. But ain't nothing you can do more say this year. You might have 10, 15 people that you can't give up because the crowd wasn't there. But it, it has to go on people. And see myself, because I have such a big crowd, I'm going to do me a festival. It don't work like that. It has to go on people. You have to, you have to get established and have to be known. Yeah, I've had several people over the period of time come to me for advice. And, and I always tell them, man, if you're going to do it, if it don't work out like you want to work out the first year, don't give up. You got to keep going and, and, and base your neck on what you didn't do wrong, what you did wrong, what you, first, what you, what you didn't do that you should have done. But if I, if I were starting a festival and, and thinking, like, I don't have any money, what I mean, what do I do? How do I? Where do I get the money from? I mean, how do I get? Well, money? well, you you solicit and start doing that early. You might not get a dime from everybody you act, but somebody will donate something. You gotta be like a Baptist priest. You gotta be a true song and drive the point home. That's what you're trying to do. And your reason for doing. Now I'll tell you something else about that. If anyone is going to do it, suffer for the sake of making money, it ain't gonna happen. It might happen. In the, in the future, but most people I know 
small or large, that did stuff, they lose a little mind the first couple of times they do it. But then they learn from that. And you got to have a passion for it, no doubt about it. Now, you got to be something you really want to do. And if you're doing it solely for making these books, now I know the from experience. I didn't give up because I didn't have dollar signs in mind. You got dollar signs in now, you can't see where you're going. Very first thing, you got to have a passion for it. You got to have a passion for it. And you take, for instance, people go spend thousands and thousands of dollars on fishing boats, never get a bite. You got people that buy hunting rifles, got cases full of them, never take them out the case. It's something they enjoy doing. That's why I look at the stuff. I, I enjoy doing the stuff. If I lose money, so be it. I'm doing because that's what I enjoy. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. That, that just, you drive that right home to me because I know when I started my festival, I lost money the first few years there. And uh, But, I, you know, I, I love the music, and I love what it brings to the community. And when I see people, you know, dancing, tapping their toes, and smiling, having a good time with their family, I mean, you, you can't put a price on that. That's right. And, and just what I would, and I flat love, I love the blues, I still love it. And when them blues musicians, people on that stage performing, I look around that crowd and see those small people dance and clap their hands. That was a reward to me. That was a reward. 